everyone. My name is Lisa Tunent. This is my husband. <laughs> my two kids are out there. Um, but it's awesome to have you all here today. Um, I am talking about knowing Jesus. So I want you to start by thinking, who do you know? Who in your life would you consider that you know? Is it your family? Who's the person that's closest to you? There's so many different levels of knowing people and we know people in different ways. There might be someone that you've never met in person, but you feel like you know them because you follow them on social media, you, you watch all of their like, live videos and they seem like they're talking directly to you. Um, and um, yet, you may not truly know them. Um, so today we're not gonna be talking about exactly who Jesus is, getting to know him, but about how we get, why we would want to get to know him and how we get to know him and also how as Harbour City, the things that we do that reflect that vision in our practice. So firstly, why should we want to get to know Jesus? Why is that important? There are many great institutions and groups of people that meet for community and fellowship, um, but in the church and specifically in Harbour City, um, our community is centered around the person of Jesus. And the first reason that this is important is because Jesus is the only way to know God fully. In Hebrews 1 verse 1 to 4, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So we see that Jesus actually existed before the world was created and everything that was created was created through Jesus. And he is actually fully God in nature. And um, Jesus is the picture that God sends us of who he is, the mirror image. So when we look at his life in the scriptures, when we look at what he's done, it's the most true representation of who God is, according to the Bible. Um, the second reason why, we, why Jesus is the, the vision or the focus is that Jesus understands our human condition. In Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Um, God, the God that we serve is not a distant God. He comes himself in the form of Jesus. He sends his son and he experiences everything that we experience. He experiences what it's like to live in a human body, what it's like to go through pain, what it's like to go through uh, relational difficulty, people not liking him. He goes through all of the challenges that we go through, and yet he stays without sin. He does everything as worship to God. And um, instead of collecting a reward for his sinlessness, he takes on our our punishment that we should get. Um, and that leads to the third reason, which is Jesus has made a, a way for us to be right with God. Can you guys read from that, from there? It's got a thin font. 
Um, Hebrews 1 verse 4 says, After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. And this is from a portion of the Bible where they're talking about to people who have turned to worshiping angels and, and they're explaining why Jesus is more important. And um, Jesus himself in the Bible says, no one can come to the Father except through me. Um, and, you know, if you've grown up in like a Christian home or like a religious background, you might think, I don't have sin. I'm not a bad person. I do good things. I grew up in such a, a home. But what I've realized is that we can do many good things for the wrong reasons. We can do good things because we want everyone else to think we're great as a self-worship thing. We can do um, good things. And all of us in some way or other have turned away from our main purpose, which was we were created for worship to God. We were created for relationship with God. And yet we turn away from that and we look to other things, whether it's beauty or power or money or work. We look to those things to satisfy us instead of God. And um, so for some people, your sin may seem more hidden, but it's still there. Um, and we cannot get to God through doing the right thing. We need Jesus. We need Jesus' sacrifice. We needed him to die for our sins because we have grieved God. We have turned away from God. And because of that, there's a separation between us and God. It's our guilt for not being good enough. It's our, we can't come to God and um, and because of what Jesus has done and believing in that, we are able to immediately come and be with God and have no separation between us and him, to talk to him, to be in a relationship with God, even though we have done wrong things, we don't have great motives. Um, Jesus is the one. Okay, now knowing Jesus is really abstract concept. <laughs> one of my kids the other day was like, mom, why do we sing at church? Like, we can't even sing God. Like, why are we singing to him, you know? Um, and and it's, it's true. Jesus is now with God in heaven um, and we can't see him, yet we seek to know him. So how do we do that? And what does it mean? Um, I was thinking a little bit about what it means to know a person. Like, the people that you thought of that you know, well, how did you get to know them? And, and depending on what level of knowing a person, there's different elements that make up knowing a person. For example, you need information about the person. Where do they live? Where do they come from? Their history, back, how old are they? You know, what, what's their favorite chocolate? You know, you can get to know someone by finding out information about them and you know more in your mind that helps you in relating to them because you understand them. You have a framework for understanding them. Um, the second thing is understanding a person. So when you understand a person, you kind of get to know, okay, I, I know Nottili where she comes from and she's a police woman, <laughs> but it's like, what makes her excited? What makes her sad? Um, what motivates her in life? Understanding what's behind what she does is understanding her. Um, and then, you know, I would need to have, sooner or later, you're gonna have to have like a personal connection with someone. 
you could get to know them from a distance, like Kim Kardashian or whatever, and like know everything about them. But sooner or later, you can't really say I know them. <laughs> this, that one was for Tabani. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Tabani. Um, you have to actually like go and talk to them and like interact with them and engage with them. And there's levels of personal interaction you can have superficial down to like deep knowing everyone's, the person's flaws and, you know. Um, and then the other thing about uh, getting to know someone is going through experiences with them. You know, you, you have this in marriage a lot is that there's a level of knowing a person because you've been living with them and you've been through situations together and you've seen what, how they responded to certain things and how you responded. And that gives you like another level of knowing somebody, um, knowing you can trust them with certain things, knowing, you know, um, yeah. So I'm gonna relate those things a little bit to how we can know Jesus. I've got some scriptures. So if you do want my notes afterwards, I will send them to you if you. Send me a WhatsApp. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the first way that we can know Jesus is through the Bible. The Bible is, has been tested and it's a, it's, it's a hard and fast um, scripture that we, we all hold to. Um, and in John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And um, that's verse 14, the second part. Um, so um, even there, Jesus is being related to the word, who he is. The word became flesh. And we see who Jesus is through the reading the scriptures. And actually the whole of the Bible is pointing towards Jesus. So even from the time Adam and Eve sinned, God had a plan to send Jesus to, to make things right between us and him through what Jesus has done. And so every book of the Bible from the Old Testament is important in understanding who Jesus is because every book points to the better Jesus that's coming. Um, and it points to um, what Jesus is gonna do in the future. And it reveals different aspects of who Jesus is. Um, so, and through the word, we can understand more about who Jesus is in terms of facts, like about him. And we can also understand what he likes and doesn't like. It's like the hidden, you know, feeling behind the text of, wow, you know, Jesus really loves this, or God, God has a heart for the, the broken, for the orphans, or God has a, um, you know, you get to know his, what he, what makes him, what he loves, and what he hates, and what um, he's, what his heart is behind the scriptures, um, and because of this, that's why at the at Harbor City we believe in preaching the Bible, and going through the scriptures, and working from scriptures, um, because it's it's the way that we're going to get to know Jesus, um, and in life groups as well, we try to go through the Bible talk about how we can apply what's in the Bible to our lives, um, and then also um, encouraging reading personal reading of the scriptures um, and encouraging people to actually understand the scriptures and read them for themselves. The second way that we get to know Jesus 
is through believing in the gospel. <laughs> you might think this is obvious, but there's a lot of people who like Jesus as a guru, as a like a example of how to live, but um, find it hard to accept that that Jesus says He is the way, only way to God. And um, there comes a point, obviously, when you you're looking into you coming to know Jesus. There's a process of coming to faith in Him, but there becomes a point where you actually have to start believing who He says He is in the Bible in order to move forwards in your relationship, you know? You can imagine that, like any relationship. The person's telling you, this is who I am, and you don't believe them. You're not gonna get very far with that relationship. Um, so, yeah. So at Harbor City, we, we believe that it's the gospel that brings us into relationship with God. And that's why we talk about the gospel, remind ourselves about the gospel, because we all forget and start trying to please God by our actions and our works. And that's why we have communion, break bread together to remind ourselves that Jesus, it's because of, only because of Jesus that I'm right with God. And the third way, you guys all look heavy. <laughs> the third way that we get to know Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus went back, into heaven to be with God, he said to them, they were very heartbroken that Jesus was going away, but he said to them, it's, it's better for you that I go because I'm gonna send you a helper to be with you. And if you think about it, if Jesus was still alive now, he could only be like in Durban, he could only be at our church or like, or else at the church down the road. You know, he could only be in one place at a time, but the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at the same time. The Holy Spirit is God's, the Spirit that lives inside Jesus, that He, that comes to live inside us when we believe in Jesus. And um, John 16 verse six says, it's for your good that I'm going away. I already said that. Um, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives within us and reveals things. As we're reading the Bible, we welcome the Holy Spirit to say, reveal to me what you are showing me. Show me your heart. Help me to understand what you love and what you don't love. And help me to understand you and to know you. Um, and at Harbor City, we, we believe that God is made up of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that um, we want the Holy Spirit to be present as we, the word is preached. We believe that he is working inside your heart and, and stirring you and speaking to you. And as we worship, that the Holy Spirit is stirred within our own hearts. And it's not a weird thing, <laughs> but um, yeah. The fourth way is through communicating with him. You might have noticed it's hard to get to know someone without actually talking to them <laughs> or communicating in some way. Um, you could be on like a dating site and like have read up all about them, you know. Uh, but sooner or later, you're gonna have to actually go on that date, talk to the person, you know, and see how you actually connect with them. 
And um, I think with God, you know, we don't always like him to be close. We prefer God to be like over there. Let me understand you with my brain, but don't come and mess with my personal life. Don't put your fingers places, you know. And, um, but he, God is not, doesn't want to be in the distance. He wants to be close to us. And that is why he's removed the separation of sin because when he created Adam and Eve, they were in the garden. They used to walk together and talk with God in the cool of the day. They, they had this close relationship. And there's many places in the Bible where um, God talks, uh, it talks about like, uh, I didn't read the scripture in Romans 8, but it says, by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So he talks about us being, he's our Father and we are his children. That's an intimate relationship. Um, and in John 14, it also says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And a home is also an intimate place, a, close, a place of closeness. So if you are someone who knows God in your brain and you like to keep God away, today I'm telling you that God is not satisfied with it. He wants to come close to you and he wants you to let him in. God doesn't take over your whole life and just push his way in. And he, he waits for us to welcome him and allow him into different spaces of our life. As we get to know him, as we grow in trust with him, we open more and more of our lives to him and we become more and more open with him. Um, so obviously talking to him, we would, we would call prayer or singing to God. Sometimes singing, you can actually connect easier because, I don't know, you, you're releasing something, you're letting out your emotion, you're like, um, and in praying, you talk to God and um, there's many different words in the Bible that talk about prayer. There's um, asking for things, petition. There's praise, uh, which is telling him how great he is. <laughs> and um, there's lament, which maybe we're less familiar with, but if you read through the Psalms, um, you will see these people saying, oh, my life is dreadful, everyone's against me, my, uh, tears have been my food day and night, you know, like, uh, there's some really great, like, emo things in there, but, um, but uh, yeah, but these, what the Psalms teach us is that we can be completely honest with God, we can vent to God. We can go to God and be like, I've had the worst week. I hate this, you know, and like really let everything out with God. He wants, we can be honest. We can grieve with God. We can say, God, I'm so broken and, and cry um, with him. And, um, you know, our, our level of relationship with God is limited by how honest we are with Him and how open we are. We come to God and we try and make up these grand prayers. Like, Lord, you're so amazing. Uh, you know, I've had many quiet times like that. I'm like trying to pray all the right things. Eventually I'm like, okay, God, this is not working. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Like, let's just be honest now. Um, and then that's when I feel like I really connect with Him. Um, so at Harbour City, the way that we outwork this is um, starting, we're spending time in prayer, prayer on a Sunday. 
we've started a once a month prayer, which is on the second Thursday of the month at six. Just have to check. Um, and here, praying together, praying in life groups, and then also like talking to God in your own time. And um, those of you who've been around will know we've also been doing a thing called Silent Saturdays on a Saturday at Botanic Gardens where once a month as well, first Saturday of the month, um, where you can come and I normally have like journal prompts to help you kind of write about your week. So just getting in touch with yourself first and then opening that space to God. But also if you wanna just come and walk around the garden and pray or just be be in silence, that is a space um, to encourage your own personal relationship with God. Then, um, the fifth way is through community. So I love this quote that I read in, when I was reading the book called The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis, it's about friendship, different kinds of friendship. But it says, in each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I'm not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I, rather, I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. And I love that idea that you can, I can get to know Eugene or I can get to know Jamie and I'll get to know certain parts of him, but only when we're hanging out with other people do other people bring out different things in Jamie. I'll be like, oh, I didn't know he was into that or, you know, someone else will bring out their funny side or someone else will bring out a different part of them. And, and the point of this book was saying that having more friends and spending time in groups together helps you to get to know the different facets of a person and how much more with God and community. We are all created in God's image and we display certain aspects of who he is, but we don't display the full picture of who God is. Only Jesus does. So Jesus is revealed to us by other people in our community. We get to know someone else's kindness, someone else's um, warmth. We get to know uh, God's joy through somebody. We get to know um, self-sacrificial love through, through someone else in the community. And the more people that we know and expose ourselves into the, in the community, we actually learn more about Jesus and who his, his characteristics are. And as we engaging with people, we're saying, okay, what is this person... What is this person reflecting of God to me? And how can I delight in that and delight in God's nature that's being revealed? Um, and just doing ordinary activities together, you know, and um, spiritual activities and ordinary by um, experiencing different people's languages, different people's cultures. God's um, image is also displayed in the various different cultures and different um, backgrounds that we experience. So at Harbour City, we, that's why we're meeting here <laughs> together. It's because we, coming, we believe that God is revealed by more than just one person meeting with him on their own. And um, hearing Jamie preach or Ryan worshiping um, and, or someone else administrating someone, something, can also reveal God's nature and we appreciate what God has put in that person. Um, and then also just through connecting with people who are different to us, 
being in a life group where we can get to know people on like maybe a slightly deeper level and, and share our struggles together. Okay, we're nearly there. Um, the last point, I have about five million quotes because I feel like I have to back this up. <laughs> but <laughs> the last point is we get to know Jesus through suffering. That'll be the part that you love about the sermon. Um, but Jesus uh, makes it clear that we are going to have troubles in this world. And he has overcome the world, but we will have troubles. And that is because there is sin in the world. From the time Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered the world, and it's, everything's broken. People are broken. The way society works is broken. Even the earth is heaving under the sin that we carry as humans. And so we are going to have difficulties. We are going to be disappointed and hurt by other people. We are going to have potholes in the roads and things decaying around us. And people are going to die because Jesus hasn't restored the earth to its perfection. And he hasn't restored all people to their perfection. And he's allowing time for more people to come to know him and, and to believe in him. And so Paul says in Romans 8, verse 10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And then in 1 Peter, it says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you've had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that the, the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ is revealed. Um, and we get to know, even in a relationship, if you've ever walked through someone who's had cancer or if you've ever been close to someone who's gone through like a tragic death or, or something, your relationship can go to like another level because You've, you've gone through something difficult with them. And Jesus doesn't want us just to like cut ourselves off from him when we're going through difficulties. He walks with us through them. And that's one of the ways we get closer to him and closer to the community. We don't just shut the community out and say, I'm having a hard time and, and deal with it by ourselves. But we actually allow God into that space, allow people to, it's not God inflicting punishment on you. It's God has a plan and he's working everything towards perfection, but he's allowing, um, he's allowing time for people to come to know him. And, and he's working in us to transform us in that time. And I mean, I've spoken to a number of people who through COVID said that their relationship with God actually got so much stronger because they were like really having to rely on God and like talking to him and really trusting trusting in him. So I love the way, I had to include at least one Tim Keller uh, quote, yeah, <laughs> just for the Tim, Tim Keller people. Um, but I love the way that he said it. Uh, Jesus, in his, he wrote a book called Walking Through Pain and Suffering. So if you, um, Tim Keller's been through cancer and I don't know whatever else, but if, you, if, you, if this is a thing you struggle with, it's probably a good book to read says, Jesus lost all his glory so that we could be clothed in it. He was shut out so we could get access. 
He was bound, nailed, so that we could be free. He was cast out so that we could approach. And Jesus took away the only kind of suffering that can really destroy you. That is being cast away from God. He took that so that now all suffering that comes into your life will only make you great. A lump of coal under pressure becomes a diamond, and the suffering of a person in Christ only turns you into some, somebody gorgeous. And his other one is, is um, while other worldviews lead us to sit in the midst of life's joys, foreseeing the coming sorrows, Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of this world's sorrows and tasting the coming joy. So at Harbor City, we want to support each other within difficulties. We want to walk together through the challenges of being in Durban, <laughs> having floods and, um, and, and all of those things. And that we will actually reveal Jesus to each other in those times. And then the last scripture I want to leave you with is Matthew 7 verse 7. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. And I remember when I was maybe a teenager and I wanted to get to know God, someone spoke about the scripture and they said that it's, it says, Everyone who asks and keeps asking, who knocks and keeps knocking. And because um, I wanted to know God, and I was like, I'm just going to have one quiet time and then hopefully I'll know Him, you know? And I was like, yeah, it's easy to get discouraged because you had that time with God and you never felt anything or whatever. Um, but it's actually over time that we get to know God through time of talking to Him, of opening up to Him, of speaking to Him. Um, and I remember my first, like, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and I thought that I was a Christian. Well, I was, well, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. God knows that. But there came a time when someone was talking about Jesus living inside of you, and I'd probably heard it five million times. But that day, I was like, I actually don't think Jesus lives in me. Like, I don't know him. I've been coming to church for so long. And I put my hand up, and my Christian friends were like, we thought you were a Christian. <laughs> um, so, but from that day, I started like going to spend time with God, and I just, the way it started was, God, I don't know you. I don't think I know you. I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know where to start. Sitting there awkwardly, you know, just trying to be honest with God. And from there, I feel like God started to reveal himself as I read the Bible, as I fellowship with people. Because I was like, I don't want to just be one of those people that goes to church. I want to know you, Jesus. I want this to be real for me. And so maybe you in that place too. And, and if you ask and if you seek, he will reveal himself to you. And um, that is my encouragement for you today. Okay. Thanks, Callum. Callum's already messaged me. You can have that later for my notes. <laughs> Imagine if you were all messaging me while I was talking. Good point. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so maybe we can all stand up just because you're probably tired of sitting. <laughs> and um, if you'd like to open your hands and just... Um, Jesus, we thank you that you are real.
that you are here with us. We thank you that we don't have to strive and try and build some staircase to get to you, Jesus, but that you came down from heaven to get to us and that you've done everything to remove the obstacles out of our way into being close to you. And I thank you that even now we can imagine ourselves in your presence. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to lead us, to, to fill us in a new way, to lead us into knowing Jesus truly and deeply. And we, we welcome you to make the scriptures alive to us as we read them. And we really do want to get to know you as a church. I pray that we would be true to this word, that we'd be true to this vision, that we'd be growing and knowing you, Jesus, and that you would be um, reflected in us, that you would, be, you would shine through us, Lord, in our ordinariness and our brokenness. And we just welcome you to every person now who in their heart acknowledges that they don't actually know you. And I, I thank you that you would come into their hearts as they put their faith in you, that you would live inside them and that you would start revealing yourself to them in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen.